Hello and welcome back to the Weekly Rundown, presented by the Minnesota Daily. I am your host, Paul Hodewanik, and we are back to talking football again this week. And how could we not? The success has been undeniable by the Gophers, and the anticipation continues to grow as they have started out their season 6-0. To break down everything happening in the Gopher football world, we welcome back our football reporters, Nick Youngheim and John Miller. How's it going, guys? Just living the dream. It's going great. Make sure to check out both Nick and John's work online at mndaily.com or in print. So, let's get going. All right, so the Gophers now sit at 6-0 after their latest win, a 34-7 victory at home against Nebraska. And I think it may have generated the most buzz any game has generated so far this season. You know, it was a little shaky there at the beginning in terms of we were winning, but by a close margin, so there was never that blowout victory and then Illinois-Purdue confidence, but Nebraska was ranked high coming into the season a lot of talent on that team there were expectations they might not have lived up to those quite yet but it was just a convincing win and it has kind of spurned a lot of talk about how far these Gophers can go undefeated and so I want to know what is the mood of the team so far after this 6-0 start are they is their energy matched what the fans have have kind of been putting forth or are they kind of one game at a time we're not worrying about the bigger picture quite yet this team, P.J. Fleck always preaches they want to go 1-0 and each week, and that's what they're mostly focused on. And, you know, I, I don't know at what point they start looking ahead, but from everything they've said in press conferences so far, it seems like they're really focused on taking things one game at a time and not getting too emotional one way or the other after each victory so far. So I, I think heading into this next game, they are in a – Pretty good place, pretty even keeled. Yeah, I mean, I think this team's really, you know, Tanner Morgan said it, you know, they they play for the, as Nick said, to go 1-0 and every week. And they, Morgan said it straight up, they don't care what the national pundits think of them. They're playing for each other. And that's what you have to like about this team. Everybody's buying into the culture. And if you're wondering if they're for real, I mean, it's time to start buying in on the Gophers. Get your stock ready. Like, this team is really like one cohesive unit. You know, they, I mean, they, you you listen to them all. They all say the same things in the press conferences. I mean, this team, they love each other, and they uh, they really do put their best foot forward every week, it seems like. Yeah, and let's kind of go through what got them to that 34-7 to victory. It was kind of a domination all around, and I think the main catalyst of that was the run game. The, their run game was fantastic. Uh, Rodney Smith ran for 139 yards and a touchdown. Shannon Brooks, 13 yards, 99, or 13 carries, excuse me, 99 yards. Ibrahim uh, had 15 carries for 84 yards and three touchdowns. So the they spread the wealth across all their backs. It was kind of the first time that they had all of them at their disposal. And what, do we think that is something that's going to continue where they were spread out between carries? Rodney Smith had the most at 18, at 18. Brooks had 13 should we expect kind of this three-headed monster going forward? I I think that's exactly where the Gophers offense wants to be in terms of running the ball. They have three really talented running backs, and like you said, and like the running backs touched on after the game, it was really the first time all three of those guys, Smith, Brooks, and Ibrahim, had all played together in the same game, which is crazy to think about, especially as long as Brooks and Smith have been with the Gophers. So I think – in an ideal situation, that's where the offense is going to continue to go, spreading pretty even carries around with those three. Yeah, I mean, this is a complete luxury. I mean, Soraka said yesterday in his Wednesday, or yeah, his Wednesday press conference that he's 
doesn't want to give one back all the carries. I know they did that with Rodney Smith, but that was when they're implementing back Shannon Brooks and Ibrahim was out. He thinks it's a luxury and he's going to continue to feed all those guys almost the same amount of carries. He cited all the carries they had and he goes, that's probably when it's what it's going to be. And you keep those guys fresh in big 10 play. I mean, that's, those guys are going to do damage to have a defense. You just keep grinding and grinding and grinding them down. It, it's it's going to help them in the long run. And I know much has been talked about earlier in the season about maybe the offensive line struggling, but it seems they've come together. Do we do we think it's more about that offensive line finally catching going, or is it the running backs that might have kind of started to find a groove? Uh, well, I think you have to look at both of them coming together at the same time with the running back unit getting healthy along with some changes along the offensive line with John Michael Schmitz getting some playing time in the first two Big Ten games and then getting the start last week with Daniel Faalele injured. They kind of reshuffled the line, but they didn't really miss a step in the run game. They kept pounding away with those three backs, and then um, the tight ends, too, have been blocking really well with Jake Paulson and Keefe. So I think all those factors combined of what have taken the Gophers from after non-conference, rushing 2.6 yards a carry to in the Big Ten, having a couple big performances these last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, there's not one senior in that offensive line rotation. I mean, this unit has taken time to grow, and we've seen them grow together since the beginning of the season. I mean, there is they were almost downright terrible for the first couple weeks of the season. And to where they've got to now, I mean, that's just nothing but improving week after week. And they've talked about, you know, John Michael Schmitz just being a bulldog, and he's going to smack you in the mouth. And that's kind of what you need in Big Ten play, and he kind of sets that tone since he's been playing. Yeah, and on the other side of the ball, the, the Gophers had the benefit of not going up against Adrian Martinez, who was out. So they, they relied on backup quarterback Noah Vedral, I think is how you pronounce it. And he just couldn't provide the explosive plays that Martinez has in his dual threat ability. Vedral was 14 for 23 for only 135 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So it didn't have that much effect on the game. And it seemed like at the beginning of the game, they were getting a lot of fourth and shorts kind of in gopher territory, just in gopher territory, and they decided to go for him, and each time they were stopped, and I, it's it's hard for me to believe if they had Martinez, one or two of those, he wasn't going to scramble out, maybe get a first down, change the, the way the game kind of went along, so how did you guys see that? How did you think his absence really, uh, like, halted the, the Nebraska offense? I don't think it, Martinez, you know, him being out really made that big of a difference in the game. I think he maybe would have had an extra touchdown. I don't think it would have been that much different on the scoreboard, the Gophers are just winning in the trenches, plain and simple. The defensive linemen were penetrating the gaps. The linebackers played some of the best games we've ever seen them now that they have Barber and Kamal Martin back. I mean, the Gophers just came in and just they pushed around the offensive defensive line of Nebraska, and I don't think Adrian Martinez would have had any room to run. You said it. I don't think the Nebraska game plan changed a whole lot on Saturday. It seemed like they were trying to do a lot of the same things with Vidral as they were with Martinez, especially in terms of some of the running plays with the quarterback. Um, Martinez is very mobile, and I think Vidral brings a little bit of the same skill set. And then also, like you said, Paul, Nebraska, those first three drives, all of them got in a Gophers territory, and they got no points out of it. I don't know that Martinez would have made a 27-point difference, even though maybe one or two of those drives could have ended differently. Yeah, and from whatever I've been reading is that Vidral is actually faster than Martinez. So if he couldn't get done on the ground, you know, Martinez is averaging 400 or four yards a carry and almost 400 yards rushing this year. I mean, if this kid's faster and they couldn't run the ball, 
makes me think they couldn't have run the ball either way. Yeah, and the Gophers weren't didn't even allow a touchdown. They're up thirty four zero before they finally did actually get on the board. So quite the butt whooping, I would say, and it's good form heading into uh, their next game against Rutgers. And who knows if they would even have needed the good form? Rutgers is not playing well this year. There are one in five. Only win has come in the season opener when they beat Massachusetts. They're 0-4 in the Big Ten, and they've been outscored by an ungodly number. It's 165-7. to they're just, they're just not great. That's, there's not a better way I can put it. And I know Gopher fans are kind of already looking forward, maybe two weeks even, past Maryland to Penn State. I know there's, there was buzz right after the Nebraska game when I checked Twitter about college game day maybe coming to Minnesota. It's one of the few colleges that have never hosted it. I know, I think that might be LSU Alabama that week, so there's a little bit of the competition going up against them, but it doesn't change the fact that there's a lot of anticipation, and on paper, it doesn't look like there really could be that upset capability, you know, looking ahead. I know that can be dangerous in college football, but given how bad Rutgers has been, it doesn't really look that attainable, but if Rutgers were to spoil Minnesota's party, what would they have to do? Well, a lot would have to go wrong for Minnesota, first of <laughs> all. They, there's just flat-out more talent for the Gophers in this game at almost every position right now. So it would have to be things like turnovers and penalties that really cost the Gophers. They do have to be careful because the first time these teams played back in 2016, I believe, Rutgers came to uh, TCF Bank Stadium and pushed Minnesota to the brink. It was a two-point game, and Emmett Carpenter kicked a winning field goal in the final seconds. So there has been a history, but this Gophers team is very different this year, as is that Rucker, this Rutgers team. Um, I really think this is as big of a mismatch as the Gophers are going to have all year. So I would be very surprised if this was a close game. Yeah, I mean, I think the Gophers are almost a 30-point favorite right now. And, I mean, Rutgers is maybe the worst team in college football right now. I mean, almost every statistical category I'm looking at it right now they're in the bottom 15 in the nation for Division One football. I mean, that's just absolutely terrible. And, I mean, they've they're, they had their starting quarterback, Arthur Sikowski. He's, uh, he pretty much stopped playing, and he's going to redshirt. And then they had Blackshear also do the same thing. He doesn't know if he wants to go pro or transfer. He's still waiting to see what that happens. So that's one of their best receivers and rushers on the team. I mean, this, this program for Rutgers is just an absolute wreck, and it kind of has been ever since Greg Schiano left, you know, like – 10 years ago now so uh, it's uh <laughs> it'll take injuries i think to morgan to roddy smith to shannon brooks the whole i think the whole team would have the whole starting unit would have to get hurt for Rutgers to have a chance in this football game um but the gophers i don't think they're going to look ahead too far from this game um because you know what they they have they have Rutgers and they have maryland and then they have a bye and they have plenty of time to prepare for penn state this week, I think it's pretty simple for the Gophers. They just have to play up to their capabilities and play to their level, not worry about who the opponent is, because as long as they can play the same way they've played these last three games, they should have no problem. Yeah, and head coach, or they, the Rutgers fired their head coach, Chris, Chris Ash, uh, after four games. They start when they started one on, one and three. Their interim head coach was their tight ends coach, Nunzio Campanelli. And right after he took over, that was when. Art Sitkowski and Raheem Blackshear uh, told him that they wanted to be redshirted for the year. So that's, after a 1-3 and three start, that's not a great look to have your starting running back and quarterback want to sit out. Uh, 
based on health, wanting to stay healthy to potentially go pro or just not seeing the potential with this team and wanting to wait till either Campanelli stays and has full reign over the program or they hire someone new. So not a great look. But now I want to focus a little bit on each side of the ball for both Rutgers and Minnesota. We're going to do a daily breakdown style uh, talk here. This is kind of like one of our football issue stories that we do every week for a home game. So I thought it would be a good thing to run through. So we'll start when Minnesota runs the ball. So they've run for 654 yards in the last two games, and they're going up against the worst rushing defense in the Big Ten. They've allowed 209 yards per game. So I'd say that's a slight advantage for Minnesota. What would you guys say? Yeah, I I think that the Gophers are going to have a fun time pounding away at Rutgers on Saturday. I think all three of those running backs, you can expect another big game from them. Yeah, I'll be very surprised if we don't see Cam Wiley and Trey some pots out there. I mean, I think they're going to – I mean, those guys have four games to burn this year, and you're going to be running all over Rutgers, and you want those top three guys to be fresh. I mean, I think more they're going to give a lot of carries to Ibrahim to, you know, to carry them throughout the game and keep those seniors healthy. Um, but, yeah, I think the younger guys in the backfield are, are going to get to play uh, this week. and I'll, But if they don't, that means Flex trying to hide it again. Yeah. And then when Rutgers runs the ball, again, not great. That's a theme that we've seen. Uh, against Indiana, only 2.2 yards per carry, 3.2 against Maryland, 1.6 against a ranked Michigan team. Uh, they rank 13th in the Big Ten rush offense, so only behind or only in front of one team. And Minnesota did well last week against a, a run team, with even though without Martinez, like we said, Vidral had that dual threat capability as well, and they came in with some other guys who could run the ball and could run the ball well, and they only allowed 3.2 yards per carry. So, again, not something that it looks like Rutgers may have the advantage in. I think that Raheem Blackshear is very possibly the best player on this Rutgers team, and to have him sitting out without him, I don't know how well the Rutgers is going to be able to run the ball against Minnesota or against any of these Big Ten teams, which all seem to have really stout run defenses. Yeah, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco, I mean, he's a decent back. He's averaging 4.3 yards per carry on the year. I mean, he's fine. Um, but this Minnesota defense is just gelling at the right time, like we've talked about. I mean, 10 points in the last two games against Nebraska, I mean, that's that's pretty good. And what we see is a lot of guys on defense have step up, and they've been a totally different defense with Kamal Martin out there. I mean, this guy's just been making plays as well as Sam Renner. Sam Renner's coming into his own after he had a lot of mistakes at the beginning of the year. He had, what, two defensive holdings in the first game? I mean, that's almost unheard of. But now he's gelling. This whole defense, you know, is just like uh, Kamal Martin said yesterday. They just take the role of Joe Rossi. They feed off of him, and he just sets the example, practice hard, do your thing. Yeah, and now transitioning to the passing game, uh, Rutgers has not been able to generate much pressure on opposing on offenses, and that should probably continue again. They've only allowed one sack per game. They're losing the turnover margin, so not generating much pressure for a quarterback on the opposing side. And Tanner Morgan has shown if he gets that time, he's been really good. His completion percentage has been high all season long. I think he has 14 touchdowns, only three interceptions. So it doesn't seem like a winning formula for Rutgers, and no team has really been able to figure out Bateman and Johnson and the running game is probably going to open up if they can hit some passes early. So for the third consecutive time, I don't see Rutgers making much headway in the Minnesota passing game. I would expect a 
pretty vanilla passing game out of Minnesota, to be honest, this week. I don't think they have to do anything special other than what they do best, which is slant routes out of the RPO. So I think Bateman and Johnson could have some big receptions out of that. But I would say by the second half, I don't know how much the Gophers are going to be throwing the ball. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with that. Not to mention, even if Rutgers tries to stop those two, I mean, Chris Ottman-Bell would be a pretty much a starting wide receiver on any Big Ten team. I mean, to have him in the third slot, I th- I've said that before. I mean, this kid is talented, and when the Gophers lose Johnson, it's going to be a loss, but this kid's going to step up and be just fine. I mean, the Gophers, Morgan's almost at the top of every statistical category. I mean, that helps that you know the running game's going. He doesn't you know have to do too much, and they can win both ways. I mean, this team is just firing in all cylinders. Yeah, now we're going to transition to Rutgers passing game, and I'm – I'm getting a little eerie because we just keep saying the same thing over and over again, and this is when maybe on Sunday morning someone's playing this back and laughing at us. I hope that's not the case. And from the stats, again, doesn't really feel like that's going to be how how it will turn out. The Gophers are 16th in defensive pass efficiency. They're 26th in the and both these are in the country in yard 26th in yards allowed, while Rutgers is 117th in passing yards. And they've had three different starters this season. So, like we said, one of their quarterbacks is sitting out so definitely not their first option maybe not even their second option so it's getting a little dicey there for Rutgers in the passing game yeah I've got a couple stats to share so last week against Indiana (laughs) Rutgers had a grand total of one passing yard in four Big Ten games combined Rutgers has 317 passing yards there are 14 teams in FBS right now averaging 317 or more yards per game and then Gophers 16th in the nation in defensive pass efficiency. This might be the biggest mismatch of them all. Can we talk about the job that, you know, Coney Durr and Chris Williamson have done this year? I mean, these guys have really stepped up. I mean, Durr, when he was coming back from his ACL injury, he looked bad. And now he's looking like, you know, a fantastic corner. Chris Williamson couldn't tackle last year, and now he we knew he could cover. Now he's tackling everything in sight. Winfield Jr. is just taking control of the defense and leading them. I mean, this Gophers pass defense is fantastic, and I don't think they get enough credit. All right, and now it's time. I think we're going to give our final predictions for the game. I think I have an idea of where these are headed, but let's just tell everyone where where we're leaning. This might be a little generous to Rutgers, but I'm going to say Minnesota 38, Rutgers 10. Gophers by a million. No, um, <laughs> I would say, you know, I, I think they can win like 70 to three, but Fleck wouldn't do that to another team. I don't think so. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be like 45 to three. All right. I'll just be the the one that maybe comes down back to earth. Maybe not even back to earth. Maybe I'm the one being a little crazy here, but I don't want to come in here on Monday and think, oh, no. So we'll say <laughs> what, what would make you say, oh, no, I don't know. But. I mean, a loss would make me say it. Maybe a 10-point victory would make me say it. I'm not sure. We'll say... (laughs) Just, oh, no, if we lost? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But (laughs) we'll go Minnesota 28, Rutgers 7. So a little bit. You're betting against the spread. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll bet against the spread uh, today. So uh, thank you guys for stopping in. Uh, We look forward to your coverage of the game uh, afterwards. Make sure to follow both Nick and John on Twitter for updates throughout the game and they will have your coverage today tomorrow and throughout the rest of the season thanks guys yeah thank thank you. you in other news after a week off the women's cross country team is in wisconsin right now for the nutticum wisconsin invitational on friday while the men's team races saturday for the pre national invitational in indiana 
The golf teams also had a week off and get back into action this weekend. The women begin Friday at the University of Louisville Golf Club for the Cardinal Cup, while the men tee off on Sunday for the Tavistock Intercollegiate in Florida. The men's hockey team split its opening series in Colorado against Colorado College, losing the opener 3-2 before bouncing back with a 4-3 win on Saturday. The Gophers play host to their first home series of the season starting Friday at 7 p.m. against Niagara. The women's hockey team remains undefeated on the season as they swept Robert Morris last weekend, extending their record to 6-0. They return home for a Saturday-Sunday series against St. Cloud State. The volleyball team suffered its first loss since September 4th this week as they fell in a midweek clash against fellow ranked opponent Wisconsin, 3-0. They are back at home for a pair of matches on Friday and Saturday, beginning with Illinois at 7 p.m. That's all we have for you this week. We'll be back again next week to give you the weekly rundown on all things Gopher Sports. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. We'll see everyone next week.